live here at the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neil, and I'm joined by filmmaker Mary C. Russell. It's very cool to have you here. Hi, nice to ha- nice to be here. Yes. Now Trista set this up. She couldn't be here uh, tonight, but uh, she set up most of the guests this, this month. It's very cool. Yeah, she hit hit my DMs, and and so I was excited to join and represent women in horror for this month, and um, really trying to you know make sure women get hired more for. We're live here at the station Uh-oh. of decapitation. Without I think your, I may hear the, uh, the interview in the background. My filmmaker Mary C. Russell. Is that on your end or my end? Hi, nice to have. Nice. Oh, to meet. okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. Now Trista set this up. Is she that, couldn't um, be here uh, tonight. Yeah, you but, might have the show uh, on in the, the, in the, on the this background. Month. Very cool. Yeah, she hit hit my <laughs> DMs, and, and so. Well, this is just in case anyone missed the beginning. We get a recap. Women in horror for this month and uh, oh that was my end all right no problem <laughs> man i don't like that guy's voice <laughs> very annoying but yeah women in horror month um and you said you know represent uh women in horror uh i know um you haven't been in making movies for like for ages but has that how has that changed over the last few years um i think that women working in horror has definitely um, like it's grown in a sense where uh, women are starting to like towards the beginning, it was very uh, competitive. I think it felt very competitive where um, like no one was kind of reaching out to give a hand. And so I think towards the beginning, it felt more like, a little bit more hungry, like, like 10 years ago. And then as we start to move, like five years later, I started to see like the past four years, I've seen a lot of really great change. And I think that, you know, being handed, like I work as a cinematographer in cam op. And so um, I think being handed that, like it, like this past year has really, uh, I've seen the change in women getting hired more, um, especially in the horror field and kind of you've seen the past like five years, like the change in movies, mm-hmm. like the perspective where um, a lot of sociology and psychology behind new movies coming out. And I think that seeing that is really exciting, like really um, fun to see these changes and, people like making these changes. Yeah. I do a lot of uh, festivals up until, you know, the last couple of years for COVID, but, uh, but the indie horror scene really embraces that. I think. Yeah. Indie horror scene, I think for sure um, is start is starting to embrace that a lot. I think uh, it's at the start of it. So I'm seeing like, like still, you know, within specifically cinematography where I work, there's only one to 2% of women working in camera. And so I think, you know, more things obviously need to be pushed and I see like the level start to change, but I think with female directed larger feature films, like with um, the big horror production companies, like I can name a few. Candyman. 
the new yeah candy. new Candyman. like that's making big changes and we're seeing that like at the top level mm-hmm. of i think when when we look at like the the top top level that's what we're where we're seeing the main changes and then um you know in the kind of like the tv realm where i'm at right now it's starting to change which is good even um, though i mentioned Candyman. A lot of people didn't even credit her. You know, I mean, they mentioned Jordan. They almost, I think a lot of people think Jordan Peele made the movie. So even though she, uh, she actually did direct it, it's there's still, like you said, there's still uh, some issues there because she's not necessarily talked about as much. No, I, I think that because some names are, it's also like what, what publicity. He's also, a, he's also has name to him. So, so yeah. Think- yeah. So it's like whatever publicity, whatever press sees. And I talked to my publicist uh, that I'm hiring recently, like that it's not necessarily that the person's not talented. It's just like the name isn't huge yet where like, you know, what, as that person's starting to grow. And I think, seeing the press when they pick up news, like it's like, okay, I'm going to attach Jordan Peele's name to this project because it gets, it gets hits. Yeah. It gets huge hits. And, and so, you know, it's like, and I'm super excited to see his new one coming out. I saw the trailer. Yeah. No, yeah. Oh, I'm so excited because it just has such a cool storyline and, I used to do stunt driving. And so like, it's cool to see that there's a woman that is, you know, like in the horseback riding scene and stunts. And I like that, that type of character, the direction that that's going in. Yeah. You've done a lot of things. Cause I looked at your IMDb. It was a lot of different crits. And now you're also a stunt driver. I find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like back when I first started in uh, Los Angeles, like I came here for filmmaking in general And so I grew up in Singapore and then I moved to the United States um, to go to college. And I went to like a film production college and um, I started in basically acting and then I moved into camera department, then, you know, kind of just stayed in there because that's kind of my true love, like what I can make a financial living off of Mm. while I'm, making these creative projects, directing short horror films and directing. honestly, the majority of my uh, horror movie friends who work in horror movies, most of them are the same, you know, they will do other things for their actual job, but and then they'll make their movies uh, because they love making. Yeah. That's the main love. That's the, you know, goal. And I was really lucky to this past year, be able to direct my first feature because I had been pitching it to different production companies for like six years and uh, then this was the year where I'm like, okay, finally, we, we're getting it funded. We're, we're making this happen. And I'm going to do it whether I, if I set a deadline, I'll do it. Because <laughs> right. otherwise it's never going to get done. <laughs> where, uh, you know, it's like, if I make a movie, I need to make it. Because, you know, people will always... And, you know, say if you're working with 100 people on set or 30 people on set, you, you'll make excuses, go like, oh, this actor's schedule doesn't work or, you know, it's like, or you'll always make excuses for yourself. But then when you're on set, it's such like a magical experience to be able to like go like, okay, I did it, you know? 
It's weird because a lot of times when we ask people advice, they say, and it seems like something obvious, but uh, they'll just say, just make, just do it. And it, it seems kind of silly thing to say, but if you don't actually do it, it's just a, a thought in your head. Yeah. Like there's like, I have like 50 scripts just like sitting, you know, on my uh, script account and, you know, just, they just sit there mm-hmm. unless you actually make it for your own or start pitching ideas. They're not going to come to life, you know? So, so. the other kind did the actual movie movie you made then uh, did it change over those six years? Significantly. Yeah. <laughs> Significantly. So originally it was based in Ireland and I wanted to shoot in Ireland and I had pitched it to a couple of uh, mid to higher production companies. Some of them would not take me because I'm a first time, you know, I was maybe 25 at that time or 24 female, you know, young, like no name. So it's hard to pitch to these companies when and have someone like ride or die by you, like a producer, because at that beginning stage, and it, it was based in Ireland. I actually uh, did a reading with Irish actors in Los Angeles, and then it totally changed where a production company came on uh, later on, like an indie startup, mom and pop uh, production company, and they came on this past two years and during the pandemic. Oh, okay. They reached out to me going like, Hey, what's going on with that script? You know, what's going on with the other kind script? Is there a way to adapt it to the United States? And, uh, can you make it, uh, cheaper? <laughs> right. Like, you know, it's like a $150,000 movie, $200,000 movie, instead of like the $7 million movie you're aiming for or $3 million movie you're aiming for. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. You know, it's like, I'm willing to do anything, you know, to kind of, to make this feature this year. And if you guys want to find financiers and like uh, figure out that, then let's do it. And working back and forth, we uh, made the script kind of a lot more simplified than what it, what it was with uh, special effects, VFX, because it's a sci-fi horror. Mm -hmm. So we definitely, pulled it down and shot in near uh, Lake Arrowhead, Big Bear area. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, I was, I can't talk too much about it, but that's how I met Trista was uh, we filmed a movie there yeah, in Lake Arrowhead. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. And right before the pandemic. So maybe it was around the same time. I don't know. But yeah. It was, just, I, I just shot this in 2021. Okay. So, so but I was writing it during that period, like at the beginning of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So my test with the production company was actually to write a pilot uh, during the pandemic. And that was my first project with them. And then like it moved into the other kind where, uh, I still can't believe we made that film. <laughs> well, it's very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. That's a nice area too. Uh, I love this area. Yeah. I live in the, one of the mountains up here. I'm not going to say which, but. All right, all right. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to give the street address or anything. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm on the other coast. I'm in Massachusetts right now. It's very cold. Oh, cool. I'm sure it's the temperature is a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually snowing earlier. Oh, pretty. 
Awesome. Well, it sounds pretty, but w- when you have a lot of snow, it's not as pretty as so. <laughs> you get sick of it quickly. But anyway, uh, can you give people an idea of what the other kind you kind of went over? It, but uh, what's kind of the, the idea behind the other kind, the, the current one, because originally it was in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> so the so the current one is basically um, like it's about it's around a small village lake town. And it's about different characters, kind of like cutting different stories, kind of like Crash, the movie Crash, mm-hmm. where it's like it brings these characters together in a climax around a lake. And there's something that's ominous in the lake that is making people disappear or go crazy within the town. And so um, a police officer is the main character and uh, he has had a drinking problem of course and uh so basically uh and it and it stars a uh, mark anthony samuel who was in uh general hospital and uh also uh rebecca kennedy and i don't know if you know her i know the name rebecca oh, okay and listanja diaz who's uh who's kind of the new uh, like new main actress in, in that movie. So I'm really excited about that. But these characters kind of, you kind of follow these characters around uh, this lake. And Actually, I've had Rebecca. I've, I knew the name. I've, uh, I hate to interrupt you. I'm sorry, but she's been on the oh, show. No. And I, yeah, I'm friends with her on Facebook, but she's been on the show. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. That's yeah. so much fun. I love that. Um, yeah, she's a sweetheart. I mean, all of them are sweet. It it was great working with all of them. I got really lucky with the people on my set that, you know, not everyone's lucky where they can't be, they don't have control in hiring people. (laughs) So like I had a really lovely, amazing, magical time directing it. And I'm so excited to bring this to life. Especially since you wrote it, then it's your first feature. Uh, it's been in the works for six years. So I assume that has to be very personal. Oh yeah. Like the first time that I kind of described it, it was like, Oh, this is my alien baby (laughs) and, and I'm giving birth to it and it's going to be really hard. Like if I sold it, it would have to in that, in those beginning stages, I could have sold it for, you know, it's like a, a decent amount of money and like, and you either hold on to it or not kind of like, you know, your jaws or, you know, it's like uh, Stallone with Rocky and yeah. Yeah. It's like, you kind of have to make that decision at the beginning where am I going to be stubborn and keep this (laughs) or, uh, or am I going to, uh, you know, sell it off where I actually pitched it to a couple production companies back in the day. And I wrote a low budget horror right after uh, the other kind because no one would take it because they're like this is too big budget for you know what you're asking and and now I you know it's like when I got more grounded over the years I'm like okay how can I make this lower budget and you know share it with people but still have the point across you know it's like how do you show your point when you don't have a million dollars like that's the biggest question with some of these indie movies is that some of them could have been you know it's like you you could have gotten a different actor you know it's like you could have gotten you know it really depends on 
the execution of uh, the movie in your style, like really imprinting that style um, to show people like who you are as a director. Uh, working on the shorts between that time, did that help as well? I would assume because then you get familiar of you know how to make a, a movie if it's a short. Yes, yes. So I think that actually it was a good thing where I'd made Carved, which is now on Shutter with Etheria. And then um, I had made, I mean, I got hired to do a bunch of different types of shorts where footnote, I got hired by my friend Paris Dillon, who is actually in the other kind. He acts in the other kind. And um, yeah, I mean, I think that those really help you develop as a filmmaker. And I think cinematography helped me so much, you know, like going back to school for cinematography and developing that skill set and kind of having that vision and being able to communicate with the DP on my new project. And I'm cam mopping for uh, a horror streaming service right now for a television series. And that, you know, it's like, I think just opening that really opened my eyes to uh, visually how to bring in the audience. Mm-hmm. And I, I like being with the crew. I don't like these being separated from, you know, like having that distinct separation of, you know, some people have different styles, but I really like being in the trenches, like not, uh, you know, I haven't taken the camera yet from a DP, but, you know, while I'm directing, but I, I definitely want to be able to do that at a certain point. I'm going to like, I'll be like, okay, this is a high budget thing. I'll steal this dolly shot. I'll steal this. Yeah. <laughs> well, since you, you've worked in a lot of different areas, even, uh, you know, stunt driving, uh, I would assume all, even if you don't do that on your own movie, all of that little bit of knowledge, all the knowledge in the little, on all the different areas would, would help in making the movie. Yeah. I think being able to just communicate with people and, um, you know, remind them the magic of filmmaking, not necessarily the, you know, when we're on our 12, our 14, <laughs> you know, like, you know, really reminding people why we're there because mm-hmm. it, I think a lot of what we get caught up in is the stress of specific situations if we can't make a certain situation work. But I'm really, I really like, it taught me how to problem solve and perspective from other people, like knowing all perspectives and not uh, belittling people, you know, whatever uh, type of job you have on set. I think it's about just learning uh, those jobs. Mm-hmm. So from what I understand, there'll be a trailer out uh, in the coming weeks. Yes, I will be releasing uh, the trailer for The Other Kind with your lovely streaming service and YouTube, you know, channel. And uh, I'm super excited to share that with people. Um, We've been working around the clock. I learned a lot of VFX along the way. Interesting. So you can add that to your, to your resume now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, I definitely Towards the beginning, you know, it's like I got my stunt driving certification and then was like, oh, this might not not necessarily be for me, but I, I really <laughs> yeah. I love I love stunt driving. I love stunt driving. But I think that 
I'm also ADHD. So I like, I, I like trying lots of different things in life. Right. <laughs> and so, uh, diagnosed. Um, but I think that it's really cool to, um, you know, actually, you know, move towards, I'm, I'm glad I found my niche, which is cinematography. I'm glad I found that the camera department, um, because that's taught me a lot and, and editing has taught me a lot. Cause when you're D when you're a one woman show, you get hired for camera and editing, you know, kind of like as a package. Mm-hmm. And so I've been asked that a lot on different gigs, you know, does that help when you're filming the movie too? Uh, a lot of people I've talked to on the show or just know if they're editors by trade, uh, they know what to shoot. So they don't shoot as, you know, uh, a lot of excess footage. I actually think the best advice that I got was actually from my dad is to overshoot. Okay. And not, and not uh, cut too fast. Cause people on indie sets, they're like, okay, we got to get to the next location. We got to get to the next location. But actually in my heart, we're, we're wrong where we need to be shooting more wide B roll. You know, it's like all of that stuff where we kind of forget pumped up in the moment. Cause we're like, Oh my God, this scene's so amazing. It's so intense. There's blood everywhere. There's ink everywhere. Um, let's just get that shot, you know, but yeah. I think that it's important to also get, you know, it's like, Oh, exterior of hospital exterior of if you don't need it you have it and who cares but uh, yeah yeah like if you don't need it then throw it away you know but uh you can also you know it's like you have that safety net of you know having those exteriors and like overshooting and um that's when i notice like you know i catch myself to go like don't cut too early don't say cut too early like when you're when you say action, then cut. <laughs> there it. You can do that in the editing, I assume. You can yes, <laughs> yes. So anything, any fluff, take it away in the editing room. You know, it's like any. Um, can we swear on here? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Okay. Uh, any, any like fucks or any, you know, like <laughs> right. shit or you know any of that stuff. You know, you can take it out where it's like you can, you can really adapt. It's it's crazy how one one pass of an edit can change an entire movie and and that style of of a movie and and i think that's pretty amazing like that i think some of the you know top editors i've you know like just looked up to like i it's crazy how how different a movie can be from a rough cut to the final cut yeah do you think they get enough credit well they've been cut out of the oscars i guess uh for the, for the actual TV. Ironically, show. they were cut. <laughs> yeah, very yeah, right, exactly. Um, no, I I think I they do not get enough credit. They do obviously they're behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. Um, I've known a lot of editors that ghost edit. You know, it's like I know a lot of I've ghost edited before on you know things. Um, I think that a lot of them deserve more FaceTime than, than they've had because they work years on this, on these projects, like years on years on years. Mm -hmm. And then they don't get the recognition or they, you know, at least like a thank you, you know, like at least like a, you know, like, Hey, here's an award for, you know, editing or, you know, it's like, it doesn't need to be a huge deal, but you know, 
Thank you would be nice for yes. some. It is kind of weird that I think about that too. The people who get the most thank yous are the ones that already are showcased the most anyway. <laughs> you know the, that are on camera. Yeah, I think I think everyone that not works, that they don't deserve it too, but you know, every everyone that puts a piece of the puzzle together, like I think they deserve recognition. Yeah. So. Yeah. That is a pet peeve of mine uh, recently is like on almost all streaming sites when they go to the, the credits, because I actually like to watch the credits. They'll either immediately just skip to the next thing. If you're watching a show, let's skip to the next one. Or they'll put them so quick that it's impossible to, to actually read them. That's one of my pet peeves, too, because I couldn't even see like I, I was wondering, like, oh, who was the cinematographer on this or oh, who was the even the camera op, you know, like whoever. Um, like, do you only see it to a certain point? Mm-hmm. It's like five seconds or something yeah. like that. And on Netflix or, you know, on certain streaming services, like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't get to see who, who directed this episode. You know, I don't even know yeah. who. So I, I only know the big production company that made it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I think on, if you watch stuff like live, they actually speed it up and it goes by in like two seconds and it's just like so fast. Like it, it would, there'd be no way to to, to read it. Yeah, I, yeah, they it's it's quick at the end. I think you know, there's <laughs> there's probably an SNL sketch on that somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Said, the, uh, film festival, the film festival sketch I'm still in love with that they did a while back. I don't back. think I've seen that. Um or it might have been SNL or another comedy sketch group, but um it's about kind of these filmmakers that it's like the worst questions that are asked at film festivals. Where did your idea come from? <laughs> yeah. Like the same questions over and over again. And, um, but you know, so sometimes it's not as fun to get asked those questions when it's like, what's, what's it like, you know, from a woman's perspective, you know, it's like, you know, yeah, some of them. How would you know, unless, you know, you had, you knew from another perspective too, I guess. Yeah, I think I think that's true. Yeah, like each person has their and I appreciate any question is a good question. (laughs) Any question that I'm being any streaming surface, you know, like I'm being asked to come on. It's funny this came up because earlier I did a a press interview and I was in the the virtual waiting room. There was literally dozens of of interviewers there. And I just kept thinking, oh, this whoever I'm going to about to interview, they've been asked like all these questions like like 25 times today (laughs) good for them i mean like i'm i'm just gonna get good training from that because i'm not used to being asked to be on so many streaming services or you know stuff like that like being interviewed but it's good training to you know also answer the question a little bit differently that's true especially because you have to figure uh multiple people well, people probably end up watching multiples of them. And if you say the same exact thing in everyone, uh, you know, might come off kind of, of strange. But if you give a little bit of a different answer, then it makes them interesting. Yeah, it spices things up a little. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, like my like my mishap this this in the beginning of the interview. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's totally fine. Yeah. There's been a lot of uh of mishaps on the show over the time. Uh usually cats come and go during Trista when Trista's on. Oh, my cat is taking a nap right now. He's All cool. Right. He's in the corner. I thought he was, he, it's funny. He knows the vibe of like, uh, what interviews I'm getting. So he will come in and bother me when he's like, Oh, this isn't worth it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, then like, and then like, 
or if he really wants a snack. I mean, it's one of two. But um, it's a but, good save in case he comes by then later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be like okay, the interview's over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the cat wants a snack. <laughs> you said uh, your dad gave you the best advice. So, it, was your dad a film? Is your dad a filmmaker? No, he is not. He's in logistics, a totally different field. But um, he at first actually, well, my parents were like, "Oh, horror! Why are you deciding on horror? That's so specific." And and very uh, interesting. And then once they got exposed to it, they were like, oh, now we can't get enough of it. Like, they're, they're so in love with uh, supporting me. And it's funny, I just got a text from my dad early, earlier, like, going like, hey, uh, I'm going to connect you with this so-and-so. And, you know. <laughs> well, that's very cool. So I think it's really sweet that, you know, it's 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 about perspective. You're right. You know, it's like and uh, when a person learns what is the reason behind your horror films? Then, then they're like, Oh, we, we're interested now. Like we want to support you. You know, it's like, and I think that there are a lot of commercial filmmakers too out there that uh, don't understand that perspective where, you know, it's like when you mention uh, carnival of souls, they don't know what it is, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, or, and, and that's okay. It's just about going like, Hey, uh, there's a whole other side of filmmaking too. Like there's so many different sides of filmmaking that you can play with. And even within horror, uh, there's all different types of horror. I mean, there's this total blood fest, which I think probably what a lot of people think horror is, but then there's, you know, comedy and there's more uh, thought provoking things. There's so many, which is what I like about horror because it really depends on what mood I'm in. Yeah. I, I like it too, because it's not just, one genre there's like 20 different genres within the Mm -hmm. genre and i love that i love and also you know the show that i'm working on cam mopping with the streaming service is all about that and like learning about different types of genres like within the genre and the history of all these horror films and uh learning that there's also a huge LGBTQ like community behind horror and um, and also, you know, proud bisexual over here. But um, I, I love, you know, also learning, you know, women, specifically women driven horror and uh, like prevenge or, um, you know, things that pop up on shutter and Rosemary's baby. I rewatched, recently great movie yeah Yeah, amazing movie and um just i also love like crazy you know tropey horror films yeah it really really kind of that's what's cool about it depends what sometimes you're just in a mood for a movie like that my bloody valentine i I think that's one of the under most underrated uh slasher films yes i agree um, an amazing theme song at the end during the during the credits, which would uh, if you watch it on a streaming site, you might not get to hear. Exactly. Like, you know, it's like seeing these. That's why sometimes and it's uh, it's bad spending. Yeah, I mean, it's good spending money on things, I guess, to support <laughs> right, the right. filmmakers, to support the filmmakers, but not for my bank account. But mm-hmm. like I do I do rent a lot <laughs> so that I know that I'm getting the full like experience where, um, you know, when I am on streaming services, it's a little different where there's a, there's five commercials in between. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I'm like, uh, please skip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, what I like about physical media is I do like to listen to uh, commentary tracks, which, uh, unfortunately you don't see as much or you don't hear as much as you used to, but, uh, I, I enjoy them. I have a VHS collection too. So oh, nice. yeah. And, um, like at one point, you know, five years ago when my ADHD kicked in, I was like, I'm going to start a VHS store. <laughs> and so like, I, I went out and bought like hundreds of VHSs. And so now they're all sitting, but I get to watch all of them, which is cool. Yeah. Um, Cause it's not, there's not a huge market for that. <laughs> right. right. But, 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 but I still, you can still enjoy it the way that, you know, we used to enjoy it. And, and I really like watching it. It's very calming watching like watching the deep on a VHS or, you know, it's like, well, it's interesting, especially I think in like a lot of the eighties, maybe seventies horror is uh, some of them when they put out like nice editions of them, I think actually takes away from the movie. Like uh, when I went a really bad copy of um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre to me, looks a lot better than like a really clear copy of the movie. Same. I love it. Cause it feels real of that time like it feels like i'm like oh my god i love when you know like it glitches yeah yeah. glitches because it's like oh i love that and like prints of also like old prints of films you know like 75 you know like it's well texas chainsaw at the same theater i went to see it uh once they showed old 35 millimeter print and it was a very poor print but it was really it's honestly adds to the movie and then at the same theater they had the like the digitized remaster, whatever. And it wasn't nearly as good, even though it was way clearer. Yeah. I think there's some, there's a magic to uh, film prints. Like there is just, there is just a magic to it. And I do want to shoot like, I mean, you know, any indie filmmaker's dream is to like shoot a full on, on film. Yeah. On film. Yeah. So, I mean, there is one particular mo- script I have in mind that it's like, Oh, this is a one woman horror. It needs to be shot on film. <laughs> but um Did you see yeah. editor? Is it not editor? Um Censor. Censor. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that was one of my favorite movies last year. I love Censor. It was it was great. And um I think a lot of women have experienced what that director mm. had ha- like experienced. And I think um it's fun to see those stories come to life and it's cool that women like that also think similarly <laughs> where like I had, it's funny. Like I, I have, have when my scripts was, you know, it's like very, very similar to that where it's like coming from uh, that perspective where it's fun to see the film industry when you actually see it through a woman's eyes in that way. Yeah, and just um, um, what made me think of it, uh, there's a lot of layers to the movie, but I, when you're talking about watching a movie on film, and I just like, uh, it's weird how there's different like uh, aspect ratios throughout the movie. There's a lot of things going on in the movie. I love that. I love that. And I love mixing uh, film formats. Like, mm-hmm. that's my, uh, I love mixing film formats, whether it's animation or um you know, throwing a LUT over something <laughs> like color grading a certain way or, you know, and that even in the trailer that I I have coming out with you guys with the other kind, uh, it does have some 
of that, but not total mixed media. It's like, oh, I'm throwing this in there. I'm going <laughs> yeah. to experiment. I'm going to experiment. Well, I'm very excited about watching. Oh, by the way, I just remembered. I have my, this is the up here creep show. That's the first VHS, VHS tape that my mom bought me in the 80s uh, when I was a kid. That's really sweet. Yeah. I love that. The 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 tape doesn't work anymore. It, it, I think I wore it out, but I have the old clamshell. And uh, when I started doing the video shows, I had to put it up there. That's so cute. I love that. It's yeah. like My mom's probably a little different. You, 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 yours wondered why you want to do horror, but I grew up watching horror with my mom since I was a little kid. That's kind of awesome. Like I, I've heard a lot of people that grew up in the United States, like that is kind of their. Oh, that's like, great. They, yeah. I like like you, you didn't. Yeah. A lot of my, cause we just didn't get access to some of the films uh, in Singapore. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's kind of opening up where it's like everything. But I think that um, seeing mixed, like, you know, like the different types of media. I think when I first moved to the United States, I was like, oh, that's why I'm attracted to gore is because I never, never really watched it. that as a kid. Yeah, yeah. So that's why like, I wanted to, I think with my first short, I was like, you know, like putting a finger to the man. Cause I'm like, <laughs> you know, going like, Hey, I'm going to show him. I'm going to show them. But like, I think that there is like, definitely like, it's cool to see that there's an outlet, even when I was 21 to like get, you know, the horror is kind of, kind of an outlet for people. And I like seeing movies at different ages of your career too. Cause you're like, Oh, I know the time period in my life when I did that, when I like wrote that screenplay and it's, and it's cool to see that, history with filmmakers too. Like you, you see that with, you know, like Spielberg or, you know, it's like you see yeah, the yeah. different um, periods of time within their lives that they make movies and you're like, Oh, it's so dip. Like it changed. It, yeah. It, like, A big one would be Peter Jackson, like his old, like cr- crazy, un- uh, really low budget horror movies. And now he's making these giant uh, blockbuster films. But. Yeah. It's like, uh, I'm, you know, it's like, I'm making or what, you know, like only five years ago, making tropey grindhouse movies, like (laughs) lots of blood. Um, And then now it's like you're you kind of grow into your style. And and I like seeing that with filmmakers. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I, I figured it wouldn't happen. But I asked Peter Jackson years ago when we started the show to come on. And I actually got replies that he was he actually was really interested because he his one of his favorite movies he made is uh, Dead Alive, but he was busy making King Kong. And I was like, oh, OK, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making King Kong. Steven in the chat room says, I heard ghost films are banned in uh, some Asian countries. I don't know if that's true oh, or not. Wow. In some Asian countries. Yeah. I mean, I think that um, I specifically like didn't get access to uh, some films because uh, they would come a year later. So we'd see Harry Potter, but it would be like a year later. And then my friends in the United States, because uh, I was in the U.S. till I was seven or eight. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I moved to Singapore. And so you'd get like, we were writing letters. I was writing letters back then right. to my friends. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Cause you know, or email, you know, it's mm-hmm. like to my friends in the United States, like I would write handwritten letters going like, I don't, you know, it's like, what, what's the new Harry Potter? Like, you know, it's 
And there are certain movies. I, I think that like towards my later years, like it, it definitely, you know, there's just different types of TV. There's lots of soap operas in Singapore. There's, um, uh, American Idol, but except uh, Singapore Idol. Oh, okay. <laughs> and like the main shows that I would watch in Singapore was The Nanny <laughs> and uh, NCIS. And so now that's my personality. <laughs> now it's a combination of the two. <laughs> All right. Uh, Steven in the chat. He also, what was he? Oh, uh, I think kind of know the answer, but uh, this is an interesting question. Can horror be great on low budget? I think this is the wrong que- uh, show to ask that question, but. <laughs> Can horror be good in low budget yeah. movies? Um, I think. Yes, I think some of the horror can be. I think it's easier to do comedy in low budget. I think it because it's like, okay, this like cutting someone's throat, you know, you could make it funny in some way. Like if you if you have like a line. Mm -hmm. So I think that, um, you know, it's a lot easier to have these lower the lower budget movies the comedy comes out more and i think that's because a lot of filmmakers start that way too with comedy horror or grindhouse horror um because they're just easier to make Mm -hmm. um and it's as you know it's like with lighting when you're when your dp gets better that's you know a lot more equipment and i think it's tougher to do the lower budget scary movies like it is is it is a lot tougher you have to be in the right mindset too i think like think about the scares before you even get to set mm-hmm. think about think about you know it's like how am i gonna sh- you know like create intensity within the scene before it comes but i i uh i definitely think that um you know i think that it, it low budget horror can also be scary in certain ways um, but you know, only the really uh, Blair rare Witch was, uh, you know, I was about to, was about to mention, yeah. yeah, yeah, where it's like if you do like found footage, a lot of people use found footage, mm-hmm. like to start their careers too, because, um, it's the easiest, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. the cheapest, it's the easiest to make. Uh, I was wondering about Blair, uh, Blair Witch, if that's. I don't know because I watched when it came out, but it, I, I think that would be a hard movie to watch now if you ne- if you never saw it before, like for the first time, just because there were so many found footage that came after it. Yeah, I think there was that, all the buzz about it at the time on MTV, and it was. I re I rewatched it. I mean, only a couple of years ago, and it is terrifying to me, like the first one, and I think that um, people just like it subtlety subtlety and beauty in 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 those lower budget uh horror films i think subtlety even works with big budget horror films and big budget horror films can go wrong too you know it's like if there's too many things being thrown at your face it's hard to follow so i think that um you know one one of the other <laughs> talking about my dad again, um, but but another piece of advice he gave me was, uh, you know, like when you're pretend that you're riding on horseback and calling back to someone, what would you say 
you know, it's like, that's kind of what, how your movies to be shown to mass audiences, like how to show people, you know, be clear, be very Mm -hmm. clear with the point you're trying to make within a movie. And, um, and I think that's really good advice, you know, like with, uh, cause there is a lot of, you know, I sometimes do really love, like if you're going in one direction, go fully in that direction. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going in a confusing direction, go in that direction, go psychedelic, you know, crazy, sure. go in that direction. Um, you know, I think it's about making that distinct decision, you know, within your film. Yeah. Kind of stick to the rules of your film, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Like, cause, and then also coming back, you know, it's like, it's, you know, I'm in post with my feature and, you know, watching it, it's like you, you constantly need to remind yourself that, um, you know, the point of the film. So you have to like, go like, okay, this is, it's moving in this direction, like go with it. You know, it's like where, you, you have to remind yourself the soul, the magic behind it. Mm-hmm. And because um, you can get caught up in like wanting to cut it fast, super, super easily. So I think that, um, you know, that definitely helps like leaning into your gut. Are you doing the editing on your own movie? <laughs> I'm, uh, I have a, I have a soul editor uh-huh. uh, and he, uh, I'm definitely supervising and, and I think that really helps in a collaborative effort when you're editing a feature film. Um, so basically post supervising and, uh, and I think that it helps cause you, you give them your perspective on what the soul, you know, it's like, I made him read the reread the script a couple times, the original script and, you know, like to really gain that emotional perspective where, you know, it's like when someone is coming in on a project, they they're coming in raw, like they don't know anything. So you you have to like uh, really, you know, make sure that they see what you're seeing. Mm -hmm. When you're saying like, you have to remember kind of like the point of the movie, I would also think, uh, something that you shot yourself and wrote yourself and spent over these years, you would also, some of it you'd just be emotionally attached to, and maybe it, you know, you remember filming it or whatever, but maybe it doesn't work for the movie. If you actually just sit back and look at it as a movie. Yeah. I think that you like on set, there's just such a magic when you're making it. And, and then when you're in the editing room, you're like, Oh, I totally forgot. We shot that part. You know, it's like where, there's just so much content that, you know, it's like 65 scenes within Mm -hmm. one, you know, area. And you're like, Oh, this is so good. Like, this is so magical. And, um, you kind of, you do have to go back and, you know, like kind of how, you know, a recent example I sent my editor was, uh, you know, the classic char scene in psycho. Yeah. To, to kind of, I'm like, I'm just gonna throw this in here. I don't. Ha- I didn't have room on my back. <laughs> this was a birthday, pr- a Christmas present for my friend Animal. I love that. I love that. That's so beautiful. But, um, yeah. So kind of just because my movies are very character based, like very focused on characters, and I 
I think when I started studying the history of horror and, and et cetera, like Hitchcock was my go-to with all of his movies. Rope, mm. uh, like is amazing. Um, Psycho, obviously. Um, Notorious. Just very suspense-driven films. And... Um, but the style of my movies, yeah, it's it's definitely like how do you how do we create an anxiety within the audience, and when's the right time to create anxiety? Because you want to have light moments, and then also these uh, scary moments. See, because I think if you don't have the light moments, if you just had not nonstop scary moments after a while, nothing scary because it's all the same thing. Yeah, like, and I think that there should always. You know, it's like the I like an inserting humor, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, obviously in in like my films, and I think that does create this natural lightness of, you know, in between something might happen. You know, you never know. Poor poor Rebecca's character. <laughs> she plays she plays a like a a young woman named Birdie, and. Uh, she, uh, you definitely see like the lightness and then possibly I've seen her post about birdie interest. Oh, yeah. So I made her, her dye, dye her hair, <laughs> dye her hair red. Okay. Did yeah, you, yeah. Did you meet Rebecca doing the movie? Did you know her beforehand? She would, it's funny. She followed me on Instagram. So this was a rare occurrence where we did, my producer did put out auditions on actress access and uh, all of these things and uh, LA casting and Rebecca, I met in, in the very early stages where she would follow me on Instagram and, and she, she was like, well, I just like, uh, you know, like women directors posts. And if they, <laughs> if they hire me later on, great. And Hey, <laughs> it, it worked for her. So right. like, yeah, she was like, I just follow these filmmakers that, you know, any filmmaker I kind of admire or, um, and she's, she's a very smart woman in that way, <laughs> where uh, I, then I asked her to audition. Mm-hmm. So that's, how, that's, how, I'm like, oh my God, her look, plus she's worked with other colleagues that I know of um, in the past in the horror community. And I've seen her, some of her work and it's amazing. And so I was like, okay, I need her to audition through um, Instagram. <laughs> you find that, um, cause I've noticed that, that, uh, I don't want to say clicks, but there's groups of people that who work together a lot. I think if you find people that you like and also you work w- well with, you want to, you know, stick with them. Yeah. Just like good, a good person, you know, it's like good, good vibes. Like I, I think, you know, immediately like, um, and I, I think she definitely brings that, you know, to whatever project she is on. Mm-hmm. Which, I, by the way, I saw you were in clickbait with for uh, with Michael Epstein and Sophia Cassiola. Which are, they're related to <laughs> yeah, a lot. But, I mean, I was just helping out, uh-huh. like kind of as a PA, like help, helping out because they're really cool people. Yeah. Well, yeah. We well, said good people. I thought of them. So because they're yeah, the opposite. They're, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they're just very good human beings, and so like I, I think that. You know, it's like I, I always want to work with people that, 
you know, get, give off that. And, and it was fun working with them. It's always really fun. Uh, that like very similar style to, you know, like what I directed with carved and like, um, I hope to continue to see their work. I'm, I'm excited. And I even, do. and, uh, I can't say too, but I will say that the, my, well, I'll just say it. my first produced movie is with them. I co-produced with them where it's in post at the moment. So hopefully <laughs> it'll be out in the, uh, in the, in maybe this year, but next year, uh, definitely. But yeah, that's they're, they're great. Exciting. That's cool. I didn't know you worked with them. That's amazing. Yeah. A few times. Okay. Did cool. a short, uh, a short, I did a short film with them, Umbilicus Desidero, which is a documentary about the loss of my belly button, which uh, I would recommend. And then, uh, and a couple other things. Yeah. That's fun. I love it. So, which came first? So, when you decided like you wanted to, to make movies, like how did you, how did you pursue that? How did you go about that? I think I first decided when I started to get exposed to that, the horror movies. So I think watching them and then also acting in low budget horror movies um, kind of got me where it's like, Oh, I kind of want to be a bigger piece like in this world where I, I want to kind of discover more horror and I dip my toe in it. And it's funny because my background is definitely, you would have not expected me to go into horror films or film. And um, I think that, but I love, you know, it's like, I love how I went into that direction and that's what I meant, what I'm meant to do in my life. And um, I've never had a question about it. You know, when I moved here from Singapore, Um, you know, I know that this is what I'm meant to do. And even, even when it was tough, you know, it's like a couple of years ago, when you're really hustling and like you don't um, you're freelancing and, you know, I think that is part of it where you get to a certain point and you're like, Oh, now I'm consistently working as a camera operator and this is good. This feels good. And all that hard work is paying off and all that fighting, you know, being, uh, you know, uh, forcing myself into all male crews. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's, it's, I think it's, it, you definitely, you know, prove your skill set. You eventually prove your skill set and learn and grow. And, you know, f- you know, four years ago, I can say I have the same skill set as I have now. And, and, um, that's kind of how I stumbled upon it is, you know, I came from a very, uh, Christian background. And then when I moved to the United States, it kind of opened, it kind of opened up everything. And I was like, oh, the world's not just, you know, it's like I was living in a city, you know, it's like an, on an island. Mm-hmm. And um, and then you kind of open up your eyes when you're, as you get older, obviously you're more aware of the world um, when you travel and, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, Steve wants to know, uh, was Singapore to the U.S. a culture shock? <laughs> uh, I assume yes from the laugh. I don't know. But, yeah. <laughs> um, I think that yes, it was. It definitely was. I think at first, and then uh, eventually, you're like, because I felt so safe in Singapore as a kid, like up until seventeen, eighteen, and then I moved to the United States, and then 
the United States was a culture shock where I was like, oh, wow, like uh, everything's legal here. <laughs> and even things that probably shouldn't be legal, but but like, you know, every, everything's legal here. And it was it just was like an opening culture, very opening culture and um, art. Like there's so much art everywhere and we have so much access to showing our art and showing whether that's dark or light or, you know, it's like I, I it, it was I think I love both places in different ways mm-hmm. where um, Singapore allowed me to learn about every culture and like travel all around that area um, in, in Southeast Asia and Asia. And I think that opens your eyes. Um, traveling just opens your eyes in different ways. And then moving to the United States, uh, it opened my eyes to, you know, like how people grew up with horror films or were able to, you know, like watch. That must have been fun, though. At this, you know, even though you didn't get to see them beforehand, I would think it's fun. Then you get you get to watch them all. So it's like you're watching them for the first time. Yes. Like and I. It, I definitely think that there's a magic to that as an adult too, because people go like, Oh, you haven't seen that. You know, it's like, I saw, I saw the lost boys for the first time, you know, recently. And that, that was like, I'm like, what is happening in the 80s? Yeah. We got the sax guy. I'm you, I still believe. And yeah, it's a great movie. I was like, I'm going to put a sax guy in every one of my movies. But and cheap plug, you can listen to an interview with the sax band Tim uh, Capello here on, on the show. Oh my gosh, I need to watch it. Yeah, he's amazing. great. He's he's a, he's a very fun guy too. He still brings the sax to conventions and still looks pretty much the same. <laughs> hey, you know, good jeans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he looks a lot better than I do without a shirt. <laughs> well, uh, a cod piece for my ensemble when I'm at. But uh, but he's intro. He's intro. He's fun guy. The um, what were some of your favorite movies then when you started watching all the horror movies? Um, now that I've seen most of them, I think the one that I've seen the most, the two that I've seen the most, Black Christmas, the original one, the original, and that one I've never seen a film so terrifying, like with uh. And, you know, during that period of time, I think just because that was 70s, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Just something about that period of time. There was a very risky, like, feeling in those movies. And there's something just scary about that. And I don't feel that in some, some, some of the modern movies that I've seen, like, it's not as dark or, or yeah, it, that's a, even just the image where she's got the plastic over her face. Like that's, you know, you see a lot of people get stabbed, but I don't know that something about that's as much uh, worse than someone just getting stabbed. I think being suffocated with a plastic bag. I need to, I need to rewatch that tonight because her sitting like in that wheelchair. Just, yeah. That's creepy. Just that whole thing. It's, it, it freaks me out. And I think there's black Christmas nailed it. Black Christmas nailed it, and Jaws I is the other one that I always watch on repeat. And before I directed the other kind, I was watching just to see 
for notes, like to take notes on like specific scenes, like, okay, how, how am I going to execute this scene? How am I going to execute this scene? Um, Cause my movie, the other kind is very, it's like, it has that humor, that style of humor in Jaws. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, but also like a terrifying kind of action feeling that you get where. That's what um, makes Jaws. I mean, there's lots of things, but you really, you really like all three of the guys. And so when things start to happen to them, it, you know, it makes it much more horrific. Yeah. It's this emotional development, the character development of how silly, you know, their relationships are. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's beautiful to make these characters so different from each other that, uh, you fall in love with them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was filmed uh, near me. I live on Cape Cod and the islands are uh, very close to me. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are kind of the two movies that really speak to me. And then <laughs> one other that's like super dark is Repulsion. I know. I've actually not seen Repulsion. I, I, <gasps> I feel ashamed. A horror nerd that has <laughs> And I also will admit I like Harry Potter movies. So it's probably- oh, good, 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 good. <laughs> no i i am definitely a nerd in that way where i love watching you know it's like it, it even i think repulsion was even made before rosemary's baby and um was one of his earlier films um a lot more simple simplified and so i think that's why i i like that it's it's the same kind of style that you feel you know, the threat that you feel in Black Christmas um, and this, you know, this scary kind of entity that is a question mark. Like, I, I think that's what makes these movies so terrifying is that you don't know, you, you're not revealed, like it's never revealed. And having and letting that sit there is more terrifying than, you know, a knife going into someone's chest or back or whatever. <laughs> yeah. A lot of but, times you can, you know, think of something where, um, I always think that's why people had a problem with the end of the original it when he's, when it's the giant's Pennywise, the giant spider, because in the story, it's just like the, the worst thing you can think of this. And how do you actually film that? You know? Yeah, you can't, it, it, I, th- I think filming terror is there's a, whole like skill set to that and i think that people you know it's a it's a delicate balance and i'm 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 learning that myself you know in the editing room so like it's this delicate balance of what to show what not to show and then like how do you make you know if this if this ending scene is like so crazy so awesome like uh you know the tension build up to that you know, it's like building, and I think that's cool. I love learning. Like, you know, I learn. I love learning, like, how movies are made in that sense, where now I'm learning in post, you know, like, how to develop that feeling. Yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to your movie, not just because you're here. You, you've, uh, you've sold it on me. Good, good. Yeah. As long as I sell one person on it, I'm good. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh so who did the effects because you said you know i know you you dialed them down some but there's still uh i assume it's monster in the movie so who who worked on uh, the 
Well, there is practical effects and then there's uh, VFX. So we had a makeup artist on set um, and uh, I'm going to pronounce her last name wrong. I'm, I'm sure, but Laura Ruska, Ruska? Um, and uh, my, uh, the VFX basically were, uh, I, I've been dipping my toe into that. So I've added some VFX and uh, not all of them are um, like, we're, we're definitely going to hire a VFX artist further down, but mm -hmm. I also, you know, it's like, you can find a lot of things online. <laughs> yeah. Like green screen, like easy green oh, screen. Right, right. Like I'm sure you're, that's how I learned a lot of things as you watch. I learned to tie a tie, a double Windsor knot on YouTube. But there's lots of things you can uh, learn on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, like just green screening effects and like great websites you can subscribe to and download all these effects for free. Like, mm -hmm. so yeah. I think so that use like the Adobe products, like After Effects, and yeah. So and then I. I definitely, I edit with the same program that my editor is editing off, which is Premiere. Um, and, and I did, uh, I did cut the trailer. Oh, nice. Uh, um, so that I'm very excited for. And uh, we did finish, you know, the sound mix for that and effects uh, for that. So super excited to release it with you guys. I'm very um, excited about this. Yeah. And, uh, Maybe it's too early, but what what are your plans to do with the movie? What, when it's you know, are, is it going to go to festivals? Is it going to go to a streaming site, or is it too early yet? Um. Well, I've contacted some distribution companies, and they got back to me. Mm -hmm. Um. So I think it's too early to say now, but uh, it's either going to be festivals or straight distribution, right? And um, or both, because I think some distribution companies do festivals. Like mm -hmm. they have a section where they um, premiere a movie or, you know, like do a theatrical release through right. a festival like South by or, you know, and, right. and I am super excited to get this out there because it's a, it's been a feature that, and some of these production companies that got back to me, I pitched it to them like years ago. Mm -hmm. So they have a distribution section that's like, okay, like we're, we're, you know, it's like a lot of production companies are strictly more distribution companies. And so they focus on that. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so it's cool that, I mean, it's a good sign that they're getting back to me. Right, yeah. <laughs> so I, I send out emails and no reply. So I'm used to that. I'm more used to that. But I think, um, as my career has been developing and they look me up, they're like, Oh, she's legit now. Like <laughs> 10 years ago, six years ago, like maybe not so much, but that's understandable because you need to grow in order to, yeah. And know these people like develop relationships with friends and colleagues and et cetera. So that's kind of the plan right now where um, we're going to see what happens with the first cut, send out the first cut. And, um, I mean, goal is to have distribution, you know, yeah. it's like, so I'm super excited. No, I'm excited for you. And I'm excited to see it as a, as a viewer. Yeah, I am too. 
I'm I'm excited for lots of people to see it. And, and, a, lot of, think, oh, and, lo- and a lot of the uh, the filmmakers that I worked with and like actors are like hitting me up. When can I see the first? <laughs> All right. Of course. Uh, they want to know where can you see, where can they see some of your short films? So some of my short films, uh, one of my short films is on Shutter. It's called Carved, and it's under the Etheria season two, episode six. Um, and it's a slasher comedy horror I made when I was 21, 22 years old. Uh, it was actually my thesis for uh, my college. Oh, cool. And then um, I do have other content online, but mainly Carved is the one that got me on the map. And since then, I've made Footnote, um, which is I was hired by Paris Dillon to direct. And it's like a horror short comedy Mm-hmm. again and um and a couple of other short films that i did so it's easy to find my work online also um www.maryc.russell.com and you can just follow where my future goes and that's kind of the bit ne- big next thing yeah. in my in my camera department career so and from there they can find your social media accounts i think you you're pretty easy to find on social media yeah, you found me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's like it's Mary Mary C. Russell. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, my uh, yeah, it's easy to find me on Instagram and Twitter. And all right. all I don't know if I follow you on Instagram. I'll follow you after the show, though. You should. You I, should. I will indeed. I will indeed. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has I been very. What was that? I'm sorry. I don't know. Go ahead. <laughs> I'll just say it's been very fun, and we should do part two. When the feature comes out, the other kind. Duh. Yeah. I want, I, I want um, as many interviews as I can get. <laughs> All right. Very good. <laughs> and uh, we also do shows sometimes, uh, thir- our 13, where we each have our own 13 list. I think it would be fun for one of them down the road. Oh, that would be so much fun. Thank yeah. you for we'll having me. Pick a me. random topic and yeah, we each have our own list. Thank you for having me for Women in Horror Month. That's so amazing. I yeah. love I love that. Thank Big you. thanks for Trista setting it up and thank you for doing the show. Thanks. It's been very fun. And you sold me and I'm sure everyone has watched on the movie. <laughs> good. I'm, I'm selling it. I'm selling it. <laughs> All right. Well, very good. Have a good night. Bye. Well, thank you for not hanging up and thanks to the cat for not intro. Oh, my cat didn't Let's